This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from the perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Of course, the theme marches on. It's all about Ukraine, whistleblowers, impeachment. There's just so much to this story. So, Binkley, I'm going to let you take the lead and tell me what your impressions are of the latest developments. Well, the latest developments, which are coming out in a flurry, it's really hard to keep up with them, in fact. (laughs) The transcript of the call was released yesterday, and then after the transcript was released, apparently we also needed to see the whistleblower complaint, even though the transcript was already released. So we needed to see the whistleblower's interpretation, who didn't actually hear the phone call and was getting the information from secondhand sources. So it was hearsay, but like I said, we had the transcript, and based on all of that that we heard – there has been an impeachment inquiry into the president. So did you actually see the whistleblower complaint or just the IG report of the whistleblower complaint to McGuire? I read the transcript and— Well, I read the transcript of the call, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I'm just saying I didn't actually see— I guess the whistleblower complaint was embedded in the inspector general's report to McGuire. That's where I came out on. Yeah. Did you happen to see like, it kept saying like full text of the whistleblower report, but when I would click through that, it would just get me to the inspector general's report. I think what I read was a whistleblower complaint, but I would be honest. I, I, I got tired of going through it. Didn't care because you read the transcript. I read the transcript. And I will say this about the whistleblower is According to sources familiar with the whistleblower's identity, so <laughs> the whistleblower yeah. is a trained CIA analyst who was assigned to the White House, which I find interesting that a CIA analyst, if this is true, if a CIA analyst was assigned to the White House, we know that CIA agents are supposed to be supposed to do foreign stuff. Yeah. And not domestic. It's true. Oh, my gosh. I missed that wrinkle, and I've got a lot of wrinkles written down here, but I missed that one. So that the plot will thicken, and I know that there was some speculation earlier in the week that John Bolton was the whistleblower. But I, the only reason I scratched my head on that is that Trump had said that the person was partisan, and I don't think John Bolton is considered to be a Democrat on any by any description. So I thought that was kind of a funny. I, I didn't know if that was going to hold water, but one of the things that McGuire apparently testified to is that there was whistleblow there was par- a partisan aura around the whistleblower or something I don't know what word he used but that the the complaint followed the was by the book that was great and it was valid credible plausible all those measures they use but it did have partisanship smacked of partisanship. But one of the themes of this is very clearly that the whistleblower process works. So we have, don't worry, we have all the checks and balances, just like you see over and over again in articles talking about FBI surveillance or social media surveillance or information gathering. Uh, Over and over, they create opportunities to say, The FBI is not permitted to just blanket surveil. They're not permitted to just listen to everything, read everything. So I think they go out of their way to kind of tell you the the system works. We are 
a self-limiting government. Don't worry. Don't worry. And, and if that, if checks and balances don't work just based on the laws, at least you have this endless Republican Democrat fighting that in the end really just keeps everybody honest. That's like, I think the impression they want to give you. Yeah. And it's just, it's driving people crazy on both sides and the, both the report, like all the information coming out just further validates what both sides believe. So turning them towards each other. Oh yeah. Always. Always. Vague enough. Yeah. That art of ambiguity. This, I have a lot to say about that. If you're, when you're ready. Yeah. To that. It has crowd strike in the transcript, which uh-huh. gets people to, to go into that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then it has Trump didn't say Biden eight times like they claimed, but it it's vague enough to where maybe he was implying, which we knew we said that was going to happen before it was released. It was going to be vague enough to look like he was implying the quid pro quo. So each side can grab on to those things and go ahead and make your comment about that before I move on to the uh, next things I had on it. Uh, Well, just going back to what I was saying about the Republican versus Democrat as another check and balance in the system, I heard a soundbite today of Trump saying, what they're doing is wrong. We should be able to stop them. So he wants to stop Congress from investigating him or from going down this wish hunt. And if that, when he says stuff, you got to believe it, you know? So I feel like, he actually wants to stop future access to this kind of investigation, which will only benefit Democrats because there will be a time when you get a long stretch of the Democrat president. And if it's all buttoned up like this in advance by, I don't know what, having uh, no more supermajority, only like straight up down votes, stuff like that, it's always going to benefit the Democrats. So Trump clamors for these things. But they benefit Democrats. Okay, so well, that's, important. that's an yeah. important point. It's easy to get caught up in all these overwhelming details and shifting changes in these narratives that come out. When when you step back, the, the things to look for is stuff like that is what is the impact on the policy that, that's going to happen and what is the impact on the public opinion and the public activism actions that are going to be taken Yeah, and this cult of personality that he generates gets people to want him to fight dirty. Like, it's okay because they do it, and it's about time we fought back. But but unless every Republican for the rest of time is going to do that, which they don't do because they like being number two because they like big spending, they just don't like to own it, it's going to backfire because the Democrats aren't going to be afraid to use dirty tactics and this is all going to be in the books. It's going to be – a precedent is going to be set. It's normalizing it. it. Among the public, it's normalizing it. I'm hearing and, people and that I, I know be, talk like that. Like It'll be real policy changes. I mean yeah. if you change it to a, just an, a straight majority, that's going to be radically disempowering for Republicans over time. Yeah. So, yeah, the ambiguity there – here's the thing about the call. First of all, we're not hearing the audio, which is annoying to me. It has translators and everything, but it seems so scripted. I want to hear this guy. I want, I actually know somebody who who knows Ukrainian. I I want to hear it and I want him, I want to hear if he's reading it because it's so, it just seems scripted to me. And 
it was, get this, it was not transcribed from a recording. It was transcribed from like a voice to text machine. So that's why every time you see it being referred to, it's called a rough transcript. And I kept saying, if it's not, if it's a rough transcript, that means it's not accurate. And they're going to be able to quibble about the accuracies. And the wording is so, it could go either way already. It's ambiguous already that if they quibble about how it came across, literally lost in translation, that kind of thing, it could just be, it really could be fodder for an impeachment drama. And it is being complete fodder for it right now because I got my indivisible email blew up. I was getting texts. I was getting emails saying, here are the five steps you need to take this week to make sure this impeachment inquiry goes forward. And they're citing all the stuff that you're saying is provable that Trump even admitted on in the transcript and on TV that he did it. And, and it's just crazy because when you look at the basic premise of what's going on, Joe Biden said on tape, on camera, that he will withhold money if they do not get rid of this prosecutor, <laughs> right? So then Trump and, – and so he's doing it for um, corruption, to get rid of corruption. Trump says on camera, well, he withheld funds because of corruption. They both said the same thing, and it's just mm-hmm. both sides are 100 percent sure they're right. Well, that will feed the fire, that's for sure. And there's one thing that does, that makes it clear. And I think when they were talking about, like, he said it eight times, he said it five times. Even the Wall Street Journal was nitpicking about that at the expense of Trump. But the but the thing they keep nit- nitpicking the most about in that regard is Trump telling this guy to talk to Giuliani. Yeah. Which, I haven't heard anybody say it, but isn't that a violation of the Logan Act that Trump was trying to invoke against Senator Kerry last year, or former Secretary of State Kerry? That's a good point. I think that's where that's going. That it might very well be. Yeah. And of course, it was something that Trump started, brought into the public eye. They draw these parallels, and people yeah, have these compartments that just— block out everything but what they want to be true, and it makes the public fight with each other. And that's what's so funny about it is that, first of all, none of this stuff still, or it doesn't even have much content. They, they're saying this is now impeachable because this is a national security interest, and it's all, but it is all, all about process. It's all about process. It's not really about his policies it's not really about anything he did. It's about elections. And, you know, there's just something very superficial about it all. Uh, I do think, and that is probably why he's saying about that this could backfire. There's a lot of, you know, there's a whole nother layer of back and forth here in that the impeachment. Nixon was elected in a landslide after the break-in at the Democratic headquarters was reported they were hoping that it would make him lose the election but it didn't even slow him down it might have made it get accelerated him for being persecuted i don't know about that it was only after when they said that he didn't tell what he had found out so nixon was never even supposedly in on it all that he went down for was that somebody trapped him in my opinion dean that he was told about it and then was asked if he wanted it covered up or encouraged to cover up what he found out and should really never have been told. 
So there was a lot of just process stuff there too. And it was, but the fact is that the big scandal happened before the election and Nixon still won in a landslide. So you have your deep throat here, but I'm not sure that Trump's wrong about this thing backfiring. And maybe that's what it's for. But I also wanted to say that I, I, I go back and forth as to whether your interpretation that this is about Biden versus Trump having a lot of legs or... I do go back to the possibility that it's to get rid of Biden for Warren. I think it could go either way. Yeah, it could. And maybe they haven't even decided yet. That's possible. Yeah, that could definitely play either way because we already know that 2020 is going to be invalidated if Trump wins. And I think he's going to— Oh, for sure. uh, And the reason it's going to be invalidated is because of foreign interference and and voter suppression. And this could be the get rid of Biden or this could be the— Laying the groundwork for why Biden, why foreign interference destroyed Biden. Or maybe it's an opening for Stacey Abrams. To That's come another in and possibility say, is, as well. This is why we need to change the system. But one thing that was in the transcript that I had to uh, give myself some props was did you see the part where he said, I have learned so much from your example. The whole world follows you and your tricks. We just want to drain the swamp. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> and I had been saying like him, the Brazil guy, Boris Johnson, there it's as if Trump Trumpianism is contagious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. it's, it's like a it's like an infection sweeping the world. I mean that that's set, that'll set you up for a world war right there. And that's what they talk about when they talk about some of these leaders. Is it being an, an infection spreading across the world? Right. And then they, they berate themselves for going too far. That's what the Greta thing is. They went too far on purpose, in my opinion. And then, and I was making a connection. You said something the other day, and I did not snap to it, but now I do. You said they were talking about how they want to make the climate message sexier. Yeah. And I think maybe they'll take their, their overreach on Greta and then bring out some sexy, really manipulative stuff on the green side and say, hey, we're just taking a different approach because we went too far with the Greta thing. Say that again? So the other day you said something about like China wanting to make their green message sexier. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was, yeah. It was Japan. Japan. Yeah. Okay. So I just didn't – I didn't connect the dots there, but I think this Greta going too far – so my brother is uh, – he, I, 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 I'm sure he's a Trump supporter. Yeah, he's a Trump supporter. And he, he listens to the radio a lot. He's a trucker. And he called me. He wanted to hear our show, which I was gratified that he enjoys it. And he said, did you hear about this, Greta? I, they keep playing her, her sound bites over and over again, and it just enrages me. It just infuriates me that she should talk to me this way. What a punk or whatever. I don't think he called her a punk, but he was – enraged and i was just saying about the sexy thing is that i had i thought they went to they deliberately made her a a provocative in that way aggravating sparking a reaction for several reasons one of them is you know just the dialectic marching on and who knows where the compromise will lie but maybe to justify what will end up being very manipulative tactics on persuading people to the green way by saying hey we tried to tell you the truth but you wouldn't listen so now in order to not make kids psychotic and truckers 
<laughs> apoplectic, we're going to change our tack, even if it feels a little sleazy. Yeah, it's not that's just, just truckers. Thing. It's I mean, yeah. that's I saw the same thing. Everybody is losing their minds over this. I've been out of some places hanging out the past few days, and all anybody's talking about is Greta. People who don't even follow the news are talking about Greta, and they are enraged by it, just like you said your brother was. And my friend, just enraged is all he's been what, able to talk about. Bent? Just Republicans? Just Republicans right. are enraged, while right. progressives— Say she's just a passionate young girl who's just that's right. what they that's what they need to do. They need to do. They're embracing and she's like the propaganda. special needs, so you get to like love her and forgive her for everything. And you're not allowed to say anything about her because they had this problem. <laughs> yes, it, there's a war on Greta online from the right wing conspiracy theorists. Is the narrative online? And my friends, oh my who disagree on it, cannot have a conversation about it because one side is so angry that the other side actually believes this. Clearly staged, clearly scripted melodrama. It's we're like watching. Antifa. Yeah, like they're the Antifa goes too far, but you're a fascist if you say so. Exactly, and so it's making people who the whole Greta thing is clearly staged, but it's making people who have that perspective get so outraged that they fit every stereotype that the left sees them as. Radical, over the top, intolerant. So when they're having these conversations with people out in the world, they're just checking, wow, you are exactly what I've been told you are by the way you're treating this poor girl. And you're screaming. I mean, people are losing their minds over this. That, that the Trump thing, the whole Trump phenomenon of fighting back, fighting dirty, getting people to, who have taken a lot of abuse over the years. I'm not saying it's not justified. I'm saying... It is, but whereas Ron Paul appealed to the fundamental American values that we, so many of us, hold dear and were taught through the generations, and he was really sparking that rational side of young people, and I think that that was just not what the Republicans wanted because it was going to lead to smaller government. So they took that same sense of feeling... Like, we've just been marginalized, we've been too polite, we've been walked all over by the socialists, by the left, and we have our rights, and, and Ron Paul, it didn't work. You know, why didn't it work? It didn't work because they didn't, they didn't tell people that he won the primaries that he won or how well he did. Like, they buried him on purpose, even on the right, especially on the right. A vote for Ron Paul is a vote for uh, Obama was what... Um, that Dick Morris was saying, I remember distinctly when yeah. Ron Paul did so well in the Idaho, the Iowa poll caucus. But when they so they take all this frustration and they tap into it intentionally, and I think the frustration is completely valid. But they're tapping into it purely for emotional reasons, without actually connecting it to the ideology, to the policy, and then the people on the left can look and say these people are irrational hotheads. Exactly. It's causing people on the right to fit that stereotype, just like you said, just like their leader. Even if they don't support Trump, if they don't believe Greta, they fit that stereotype. And it's causing people on the left to justify lying and manipulating children, saying, well, we have to lie because we've passed the point of no return on, on climate change. So it's putting the left and the right at such far 
such a distance, not even close to being able to have a conversation. I mean, this is an onslaught of psychological warfare that's coming at us right now. They're, they're doing studies on this. The elites will write books like this, just like they did on World War I propaganda, and they'll pass them amongst themselves. We're all the subjects of a psychological, sociological test right now that's also being used for their practical purposes. The fundamental dividing line is that people who argue this from the progressive standpoint that I've encountered anyway do not believe that anyone would make up, send a child out there and have that child intentionally deceive people. And that makes me think of the Nahara testimony, which was also a 16-year-old crying girl who was speaking in front of Congress. That, I don't, I'm not sure everybody knows who that is. Nahara, I didn't even get that reference. The Nahara testimony, it was a testimony before – it was a 16-year-old girl that testified before Congress prior to the Gulf War, the first Gulf War. And she gave this crying testimony about how she was in a hospital in, in Iran or Iraq where she saw Iraqis come in. No, she, I think she was in Kuwait. Kuwait, sorry. The yeah, yeah. Come in. Yeah, that's correct. Kuwait. And the Iraqis came in, and she says she saw them rip the babies from the incubators and throw the babies on the cold hospital floor and steal the incubators. And it was this testimony (laughs) that George Bush used. I'm only laughing because of what you're about to say and not because of what she said. And yeah, and it's a, it's, she, she gives her performance. She's crying. Everybody's gripped by it. Bush used this story, something like, Every time he was pitching war, and a bunch of the people, the Congress people that signed on for the war, said they signed on specifically because of that story. That story is what got the war, is what made the public and the and Congress want the war. Yet it came out that it was all scripted. That girl was never there in that hospital. She was the daughter of like a Saudi Arabia ambassador, the Kuwaiti ambassador, a Kuwaiti ambassador. Yeah, and it was scripted by. Knowles and Knowles and something. It's like a war propaganda PR firm. It was a P. I don't know if it's a war propaganda firm, but it was definitely a public relations firm. Yeah, it, they do. They do a lot of war stuff. It's oh, uh, they do. Hill and Knowlton is what it is. Hill and Knowlton. Oh, nice. They yeah, scripted yeah. it. They trained it, and none of it was true. Yet we went right, to war and, based on it. And I'm I'm confident. Like this chick isn't her. Is her mother an actress or an opera singer? And yes. I mean they're they're definitely in the public Greta. eye. Performers, yeah, Greta. yeah. Greta's mom, Greta's dad, actress, mom, also a singer, granddad, an actor. She had the help of a PR firm as well. What are you sure of that? I mean, I believe it, of course, but there were some exposés of her, but you could only find them if you searched on DuckDuckGo. I could not find them when I searched on Google. Yeah, at one point connecting that with the the Ukraine thing is. I've been getting blown up on my text and my email for calls for fundraising because democracy is just in danger right now. (laughs) And I didn't recognize this until after we recorded on Tuesday, but Tuesday was National Voter Registration Day, and they have been exploiting – these these stories to drive the so they vote. went all, to all the uh, fundamentalist churches and everywhere. Stacey Abrams yeah. went to the uh, um, all the conservative strongholds of no that like I mean you just see the drives are never ever at conservative places the drives are always at like Popeyes. the welfare office yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so their numbers are probably skyrocketing. Their fundraising numbers on both sides are probably skyrocketing. This is a con game, and we're all the target. Yeah. So you know, oh my gosh. So I'm a little, I'm a little frazzled because, and this is why we're posting late today. I just flew in from Houston. Did I tell you what happened last night? 
I went to Houston to see The Who for my husband's birthday. Yeah. And three songs in, Roger Daltrey lost his voice. Oh, no. Yeah, so he, they canceled the concert, and we had to find other sources of amusement. So we <laughs> stayed up late. Anyway, so here I am. But anyway, that's actually news. Roger Daltrey canceled the Who concert wow. in Houston. Breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. There you go. I was there live on the ground. Yeah. Staying in a hotel that had a pool. It was amazing. I just tweeted it. I can't believe I forgot my bathing suit. It had a big, giant, lazy river, huge, huge pool in the shape of the state of Texas. That is fancy. And it reminded me that when I had originally lived in Dallas, in the house I rented, the backyard had a pool in the shape of the state of Texas. and And it had a mosaic on the bottom of all, like, there was the space shuttle where Houston would be. I think it was like Buddy Holly's Cadillacs under Amarillo. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail you, but I was a little off my game today. But we're doing good. I think we're doing good. That's quite a pool you were lounging at. Wow. This- I wasn't lounging. I wanted to lounge. <laughs> I wanted to. But we still have a few more stories. Uh, are you? Oh, I had can, one about uh, Mattel's yeah. new doll, which continues this war on children. We have the divide and conquer war going on among adults and also kind of among children and adults. And really to indoctrinate children around the world with this this forced culture they're trying to put on people. So a doll for everyone. Meet Mattel's gender neutral doll. I'm going to read you this passage uh, real quick to see, show you how they characterize what they're doing. An eight-year-old who considers himself gender fluid and whose favorite color is black one week and pink the next. Shia sometimes plays with his younger sister's dolls at home, but sometimes they're too girly, he says dismissively. This doll with its prepubescent body and childish features looks more like him right down to the wave of bleached blonde bangs. This hair is just like mine, Shia says, swinging his head in tandem with the dolls. Then he turns to the playmate in the toy testing room, a seven-year-old girl named Jahiz, and asks, Should I put on the girl hair today? Shia fits a long, blonde wig on the doll's head, and then suddenly it is no longer an avatar for him, but for his sister. The doll can be a boy. The doll can be a girl, it can be neither, or it can be both. And Mattel, which calls this the world's first gender-neutral doll, is hoping that it launches on September 25th. Wow. Well, that is a virtue signal of the highest order, and I cannot believe that I actually have a parallel story for you. And I, you have to figure that it's not a coincidence, right? That was, that was now. Okay. I wondered why this article was in the Wall Street Journal. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. I was reading it on the plane to Houston. And it said, it was, it said, new study finds girls and boys' response to electronics is found in their different brains. And it says how, and it, this is so, it was 100% consistent with my experience with my kids. So boys are hooked on video games and girls are hooked on social media. I mean, that's just obvious. Everybody, anybody who has teens knows this. And they're saying that they actually have found in the brain why that is that way. At the same time, I was watching a video that just like auto played after the evergreen college stuff. It was a 
a former transgender activist who was, I think, lived a, a man who lived as a woman and uh, is now against that because of, I guess, studies of how damaging it can be to to reassign the sex of a child that it's just in the long run isn't good. And I think the American Pediatric Association also found that. And he said that they have never found the kind of brain structure that would account for transgenderism, that it, that they don't actually find it in the brain, which it's, I mean, I have known people who are definitely born straight, gay, trans. I mean, I've seen it. So I don't know why they don't, there isn't a physical, I really do not know. But this article talked about the physical difference and it, and it said in the end of the article, it said Lego really wanted to sell to girls. It's just a huge market they could not tap into and they didn't know what the problem was. So they did a lot of research and they found that it's not that girls don't like to build, but they like to fantasize about relationships. So what they did was they made pink Legos and called it friends or something like that. And it sold well, but Lego was criticized for reinforcing gender stereotypes. But all they did was do market research on what would sell, and then they produced the product, and it did sell. So I just thought it was a really weird article because that kind of thing, I mean, I'm a little embarrassed even to be discussing it because I don't want to offend people who feel very emotionally strongly that this invalidates their identity. I mean, I, I, I get how identity is used politically, I don't like it, but I personally, I know people who get personally offended when you couch things in terms that they find offensive and I'm not looking for that. And I, and I, that I'm not even crazy about discussing it, but that's why I found that article, which was so black and white to be surprising. And now you're telling me this Mattel thing and I wouldn't be surprised if it's all part of a little, you know, mini dialectic or. You know, that's overused, but just a little, you know, try to spark a reaction. Yeah, definitely try to spark a reaction. I mean, you're going to have the reaction to the Mattel thing, and people are going to use the article I just cited as a response to it, yeah. which will get the discussion into the press. Exactly. And I, and I have found that press oftentimes is is an ad. Like the Star Wars movie. You know the Star Wars movie, how George Lucas structured his payment? It was ad for toys, really, wasn't it? Yeah, he like got nothing for the movies. Yeah. And he got all the toys. So it's really just an ad for toys. It's an ad for this. You're right. (laughs) It's the conversation. Controversial conversations is an advertisement for whatever the issue is that's being talked about, whether it's impeachment, whether it's transgender kids which is what this which is what this gets to at some at some point i mean it does there's articles about that too as much as i want to be pc and not offend adults who like to don't i as i would call somebody i would mispronounce a last name if that's how people we call ourselves perez but spanish people are like it's perez what's wrong with you i'm like no it's not my name is perez like i don't you know call me what i want to be called so I respect people's right to identify themselves. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to the kids' stuff, if if they want, if the same crowd who just talks about nothing but science 
doesn't want to acknowledge that they may be jumping the gun on this, then they could be doing real harm to kids that really they can't recover. Yeah, they're terrifying kids with the climate thing. And, I mean, it's hard enough to be a kid as it is, you know, finding your identity and knowing, trying to figure out. It exploits that insecurity. Yeah, and it makes them more confused and more uncertain. And, yeah, I think it does a lot of damage to try and force it. And it's on purpose, too. And there there is a thing called gender dysphoria, which resolves. So if that's what you have and more... And yeah. more kids than not have that uh, in that subcategory. If it resolves and all of a sudden you have taken a turn with hormones or surgery that cannot be undone without lasting effects, you are going to be devastated. And that could be why they lose track of a lot of these people who they do studies with or they find high rates of depression and suicide because if if they were misdiagnosed and treated for something permanent that was temporary, I mean, it's devastating. Yeah. As devastating absolutely. as living in the wrong body. You are then now living in the wrong body, which is what they were trying to avoid in the first place. Yeah, and if they lower the voting age to 16, like a lot of people are promoting, a lot of people that I know started promoting this too on the argument that, well, they're affected by this climate thing that we created. And like, you're just repeating what this propaganda points. So they deserve to have a say in it. I'm like, what, dude, what are you think talking about, about? You know, what's going to solve the problem of climate when we revert to sticks and stones because of our insane debt and world war three. Yeah. Don't worry about the climate. Yeah. Worry yeah. about keeping your loincloth clean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, it's, you know, and forget it. Why do we allow tax money to pay for roads or wars for oil? Yeah. Or subsidizing interest rates, which subsidizes growth. If if things, re- you wouldn't tear down houses and build new ones and truck all that material back and forth if those markets weren't subsidized from everything from tax codes to interest rate policy. Yeah, but they think the kids should lead, the kids should vote, and that makes me start to wonder if we're going to lower the voting age and give the kids all of this power because of their wisdom and knowledge. At what age can a kid choose to become another sex legally? I don't know if there's a law or what the law it's is the on that now. It's the age of consent issue. I think there should be one age of consent from everything from war to sex to drinking to driving to voting. What age is it? 25? Yeah. 15? Yeah. I don't know. Well, you can find continuing coverage of this information warfare going on on your Drive Time News Blast, which posts every weekday at 4 p.m., usually at 4 p.m., on the Propaganda Report podcast feed at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform. We will talk to you tomorrow.